Greetings. Praise the Lord, everyone. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise for just being God in our lives. Thank God for another day uh, to be here. Give honor to Pastor Eddie and the leadership team and the staff of this awesome ministry. Come on, let's give God a hand praise for them. It's good to see all the faces of the people of God today. Um, we're going to talk uh, about this word called strength. Um, this is what we talked about in the first service. My, my prayers will definitely be with the Mays family and anyone that was affected by that tragedy of the loss of that young man. And we just want to pray God's blessings and strength upon them, that he will have his way in their lives. It's a hard thing. That's a hard thing. But let us pray. Father, it's in the name of Jesus that we come. We thank you, Lord, for this moment. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to stand here and declare your word. God of heaven, Lord, we ask you, O Lord, to move me out the way. And you step in the way, O oh God. Let every thought be of yours, every word be of yours. Open the hearts and the ears of your people, O oh God, that they may hear and receive what you have to say. God of heaven, Lord, we ask you right now just to move like never before, O oh God. Speak to the mind, O oh God. Lord, give us the victory that we need to make it through, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you and we bless your holy name for who you are and what you are in our lives. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. All right, um, we want to talk about this word strength. Everyone say strength. Do I say it wrong? Is it strength or strength? Oh, we are in Indiana. I forgot for a moment we're in Indiana, it's cool. Uh, Vigo and Vigo, you know, it's, it's an Indiana thing. Uh, this word strength, strength, uh, <laughs> this word, uh, my son is 13 years old, okay? And right now, he's uh, in athletics. He plays football. He plays basketball. And I, I told him at one time, I said, well, son, as you get better in sports, I said, one of the most important things that you're going to have to do is, you know, strength training. Uh, if anybody that's in athletics understands that's a big part of you getting better as an athlete. And so I was telling him about this, and right now he's doing this thing. It's called uh, anabolic, anabolic training uh, with this little trainer, this trainer guy. He's not little. Uh, and so he, he's taking them through all of these different workouts using his own body strength. Uh, yeah, you, you're familiar with it. You look real athletic. Um, and so he's doing air squats. He's doing these one-minute push-ups, two-minute push-ups. He's running stairs for 10 minutes. And he's basically using all of the natural things of his body to build his own strength. And so I said, son, when you do that, you're going to experience some things that you've never experienced before, as far as, you know, some pains and stuff. And I said, but it's going to make you better. 
comes up to me uh, after one of his workouts. He says, Pops, my legs are sore. My arms are sore. He said, everything just hurts. And I said, well, son, that's a part of it. No pain, no gain. So then he gets about on the basketball court. and He's flying up and down the court. He's like, Pops, I think this is working. And he says to me, he was like, hey, and, and my arms are getting stronger. I was like, well, well how do you know? He's like, because I, I gave this girl a hug, and she said, you're really strong. <laughs> uh, that's not what it's for, son, but uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and so, but he said, but Pops, why am I so sore? I said, well, son, what happens is, I said, when you uh, build strength and you build new muscles, you tear up the old ones. I said, so when you're tearing up your old muscles and the uh, new ones are being built, I said, that's how you be getting all that soreness and stuff. I said, but you have to hang in there, man, because you got to get stronger. And, you know, now he, he's very, he loves it. He likes to work out and he, he, he's ready to go do the strength training and stuff. But in essence, what am I saying? This thing called strength, we don't understand it until we're in a place where it has to be applied. Okay, what do you mean? All right, well, let's examine the scriptures and see what the scripture says. The Bible says in Psalm 4, 46 and 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. What is the most significant part about that particular scripture? Now, I said in the first service that I was going to give a lecture. They told me that I didn't give a lecture. I think I did. So I'm telling you now, I'm going to give a lecture today. I'm going to stand right here and I'm just going to talk to the best of my ability. Amen. So what is the most significant part of this scripture right here? It's the fact that in order to see God's strength, we have to be in trouble. Now, that, that would seem kind of weird and superfluous or whatever you want to call it. How in the world do we see the strength of God when we get in trouble? If we did not have trouble, how would we know what God is able to do? We, we can't strengthen our weaknesses until we understand where we are weak. My son has a little basketball trainer. They didn't have all that stuff when I was coming up. I think I would have been better at basketball if I had a trainer I could go to. But he has a trainer and he said, uh, Mr. Lewis, this is where your son is weak as far as on the basketball court. And I was like, okay, this is what we have to do to get him better. So the weakness had to be exposed. But what happens sometimes when we have a weakness exposed, we like to cower down behind it. We don't want to deal with the weakness. 
Can somebody do me a favor? I didn't need a drink, but y'all done made me nervous. Can I get a drink of water? Thank you so much. I think I drunk that coffee. It was good, though. You know, coffee sometimes make you a little thirsty, so just excuse me for one minute. One second, I don't take that long to drink water. So, when the weakness is exposed, what do we begin to do? And so now, when we're in trouble, there is something that we must do while we're in trouble. Okay, what is it? In the time of trouble, he is our hiding place. He is our refuge. In the text, we see that trouble is present in order to strengthen us. The most important thing that we must understand about being in trouble is that we have to have our attitude and our posture correct in order for the strength of God to manifest. I'll say it again. Our attitude and our posture must be correct in order for the strength of God to manifest. Okay, the three Hebrew boys. We understand that story. Uh, anybody that been to Sunday school or read the Bible, we understand that story. We, we know it. But what is something that was significant when the three Hebrew boys went through the fiery furnace? When they were told that they were going to die, they still talked about the abilities of God while death was staring them in the face. So now their attitude about what's going to happen or the circumstance did not dictate their attitude. It didn't get them in a place where they got so frightened that they started worrying and forgot about the abilities of God. That's when they really highlighted the abilities of God when trouble came. Their attitude was that my God is able to deliver. And if he doesn't, he is still able. Now, so that says to us, what do we say when, when we face trouble? Do we still have the ability to think correctly that my God is still able? Or is the trouble consuming us to the point that our attitude begins to get negative. The attitude, our attitude determines our altitude. As, and I, I just love sports, so that's why I'm with the sports today. There's a young man on my basketball team, very athletic, very athletic. He's fast, he's strong. I told him during football season, I said, you want to know why you miss out on all-star teams and no one wants to pick you up? I said, because your attitude is terrible. Now, I, I talk to these kids straight. I ain't afraid of none of them. <laughs> I know nowadays kids try to fight grown people. You want to step, then I'll treat you like a grown man. <laughs> and I told them, I said, man, no one wants to deal with your attitude, even though you run people over on the football field. 
Even though now you're developing your basketball skills and you can Euro step and do layups and you're developing. I said, no one wants to deal with you. He didn't buy into it until the AAU coach said, I don't want to deal with him. I said, man, come to the game, watch him play. My wife and I, we was working hard with this young man, for this young man. Come to the game, just watch him play. Okay, I'll come. Come to the game. The AAU coach sees him plays. But guess what decided to pop up? Mr. Attitude. The attitude popped up. This young man had rebounds, hit some jumpers, hit some layups, played some great defense. But when the attitude popped up, the AAU coach said, I'm sorry, I can't take him because I don't want to deal with the attitude. And this was a teachable moment for me because I'm going to let this young man know. I said, you know why you're not playing AAU this year? He said, why? I said, because of your attitude. I said, the only thing that the coach said he didn't want to deal with, he said, you did everything good, but he saw the attitude. I had to bench him in the third quarter because his attitude was terrible. And then, right then, that's when it snapped and he got it. I haven't had a problem with him and his attitude since. I said, you are going to kill and cancel your own destiny in your own altitude because you can't get your attitude corrected. So now in the midst of the trial that we are facing, how are we speaking? Are we speaking the same way? Are we still speaking about the goodness of God and what God is able to do? Or are we just questioning God and we're frustrated at God because God won't do things according to how we want him to do it? And we understand that after that, the three Hebrew boys, they come out the fiery furnace because they survived it. Their attitude was correct during the trial. And so then I said that it's the attitude and our posture. So what do you mean by our posture? Okay, now we have to begin to understand that uh, we, we understand the Bible when Daniel was in the lion's den. We understand how Daniel got there. But while Daniel was in the lion's den, he prayed. Now, if somebody throws you in a cage with some lions, what will be your posture? When the trouble came, he prayed. He got down on his knees and he began to pray. And God shut the mouths of the lions. They did not eat him. Because his posture did not change during the course of his trouble. See, we get to a place sometimes when the pressure gets too much for us, we don't want to go to God in prayer. Sometimes we believe we're entitled to, for God to do correct by us because of who we are and our status. Our status doesn't matter with God. And so, Lord, why me? Because I've done everything you've told me to do. I, I, I've clothed the naked. Those that are homeless, I put things together for them. Why am I the one suffering? But, but now God is challenging you to keep your posture correct. correct. Lord, help me talk up in here. The posture cannot change because of, of where we are and how much trouble is before us. We still must lay out before the Lord 
The Bible teaches and te- talks about bowing before the king. No matter where we are, do we still have the right mindset to keep our posture and worship the Lord? Can we still bow before the Lord even though the pressure is on? When pressure is all around you, can we go to the Lord in prayer? And so now it begins to really challenge challenge us. This is where God begins to prove himself. When we are in the midst of the battle, that's when God begins to prove who he is, what he is in our lives. And so now we have to begin to understand this thing a little further. Resting is what gives us strength and allows us to get our strength and energy back. It allows us to have our minds refocused on the task at hand. Okay, what do you mean? The Bible says here that God is our refuge, okay? He is our hiding place. God is our hiding place, so therefore, that's where we go into to hide from the things that are trying to overtake us. Not hiding in a sense where we are cowering down and we're scared, but we go there to hide, to lay prostrate before the Lord and keep our posture correctly. Are you here? So now I'm in my hiding place, and that's where God is protecting me. And so now while I'm in my hiding place, I'm able to get the strength that I need to continue to go forward in this day in time that I live in. So now in the hiding place, this is what God begins to do. God begins to harden us. So now when we understand the word strength, when we look it up in its original meaning, it begins to talk about a, a hardening place or being hardened. Then not only that, it begins to talk, we become stout. We become big. And then also what it does is it begins to give us some boldness to our speech. Now, okay, what are you talking about, preacher? Anybody in here got a big brother? We all got a big brother that, that, you know, oh, you messing with me? I'll go get my big brother because he was stout. We had confidence in what our big brother can do. And we knew that he had the strength to deal with the bully that was talking or messing with us. And so anytime big brother was around, your speech became bold. What, what you going to do to me? You can't do nothing. I'll go get my big brother. Because you know that I got big brother who has the strength to deal with anything that comes my way. But when big brother went to college or big brother, big sister moved out, your speech came down a little bit because you couldn't go get him. But that's what we have. When we have Jesus on our side, we should have a boldness about us. No matter what I'm facing, I know I got the strength of God on my side. It strengthens me. It gives me the ability to deal with anything that I'm facing. Oh, Lord, help me here. It, it was Paul. See, y'all, the third service, y'all make me, y'all, I don't like you, man. You always making me preach hard, man. Yeah, I'm talking about you. Uh-huh. <laughs> he always, he comes. Now, you can make sure you preach right. Oh, Lord, help me in here. <laughs> That's my friend. I love that guy. It was, it was 
Paul said, I came three times before the Lord and asked him to take the storm away from me. But he said that in, the, in your weakness, Paul, my strength is made perfect. So, so now I had to be in a weak and troubling place for the strength of God to prevail in my life. I never would have understood the strength of God if I hadn't been in a place where I needed the strength of God to prevail in my life. But, but so now, God, I'm in a place where you are strengthening me. So now there's an undergirding that is happening because no matter where I am, God, you're still doing something great in my life. See, sometimes there's a season where we are just in a place where it seems like nothing's moving. Anybody ever been in that season where nothing's moving? It seems like uh, more harm is being done than good. You ever been in a season where you, you know this is a time where you're really crying out to God, but he's still not moving? I got one witness, amen. To that one person that I'm talking to today, We learn how to stay there because one thing that we have gathered in our time with being in God is that he's faithful. When we're not understanding what God is doing, we can always understand that I can trust him. And so now when he has us in a holding cell or a holding block, now the question becomes, God, what are you trying to teach me? Because all I see right now is trouble. A man born of a woman is but of a few days and full of trouble. So trouble is something that I'm going to experience long as I am alive. But one thing I can say is that God, you're my hiding place. Long as I can get to a place where I can still call on the name of the Lord, then I know that I'm going to be all right. See, our situations sometimes, what they do, they cause us to really see what we're made of. See, now at this point, <laughs> the last service, it got a little rough right here. I'm just going to tell you, put on your seatbelts. All right. Got real quiet. See, the trouble begins to show us what we're made of when we're in that holding place. Because if our speech goes from boldness to negativity, as believers of God, there are some words that should never come out of our mouths. When we are in a holding place and the trouble is there, one thing that shouldn't be coming out of my mouth I shouldn't be cursing everything around me, people included, or cussing because there's a difference between a curse and a cuss. Explicit words, we don't say those as Christians because we upset. See, I told you. Oh, I can, man, Steve, they looking at me? They looking at me? Are you, you got my back? You sure it's okay? Okay. Because now, how, how can bitter and sweet come out of the same fountain? We want to speak the blessings of God, 
And Lord, bless, 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 bless. But now I'm in trouble. You're saying something else that starts with a B. Woo! Man, Lord, call my wife and tell her to come get me. That's not what we do while we're in trouble. When trouble comes, we stand still. We see the salvation of the Lord. We stand firm and we begin to speak the blessings of God, even though trouble is around. We don't regress when trouble comes, but we make progress. See, Lord, help me in here. See, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Because I'm in trouble, that doesn't mean that I take my trouble through my whole household. Because I'm in trouble, that, that doesn't mean I go to my job and, and, and I begin to affect my whole atmosphere at work because I'm in trouble. If I'm in trouble, I know one thing about my God. He's a deliverer. Because my posture is not changing. My attitude is going to stay right. And I'm going to stay in the hiding place because that's what God is for me in trouble. He's my hiding place and he's my strength. He's hardening me so that I can go through this day and this world. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to take a vacation, Brother Steve, one day. I'm actually going on, on a cruise. And everybody keeps saying, you ain't worried about the coronavirus? I was like, no. I'm really not. I'm, my friend at work, he won't shake hands no more. Because he don't, nah, man, coronavirus. Okay. Why are you not, am I cautious? Yes. I'm not going to say, oh, I trust the Lord, so I'm not washing my hands anymore. No, no, that's, that's dumb faith. That's dumb faith. That's, that's inaccurate faith, okay? So I'm still going to wash my hands and be cautious, but because I hear the news, that's not going to cause me to go into a frenzy and just go scared all my life. It's in Indiana now, Sam, so what? You, you better watch out for No. God is my refuge and my strength. When trouble comes, all I'm going to do, I got to pray. And you really got to be careful because sometimes, I know, I know that y'all got a guy that used to work on the news here, right? Hey, never mind, I won't say it. No. Nah. But you got to be careful because sometimes some news outlets, not all, WTWO, they didn't do it. <laughs> they just spread panic throughout. So, because now they keep you in a frenzy and a panic. And they get you going out. That's how sometimes they boost the economy and stuff. And you, they do what they do. Okay, that's fine. 
But when they're doing all that, we have to know as believers who we trust in. So all I know is that I got strength because now I'm making, how in the world are you still standing with all that you've been through? And now you can confess scriptures because you, 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 you were challenged one time, but you found yourself just praying more. When you got challenged, you found yourself in the word more. You say, well, where did this come from? There's an inner strength that begin to do some things greatly. Come on up in your life. You saying, well, how am I making it? Because of the strength of God. How can I stand? Because the strength of God. That's why I'm preaching right now. 2020, this is only March. I've buried an uncle and an aunt already. Played both of their funerals. Ministered at both of them through, through, through the drums. But guess what? I'm still here. I, one was all this weekend. My uncle was all this weekend. Friday I played, Saturday I played. And, and it bothered me to see my uncle lay in that casket. But guess what? God is my strength. Every day that I woke up, Lord help me, and he did it. Every time I went to work, Lord help me, he did it. I'm telling you, beloved, I'm not preaching anything up here that I'm not living. Because he's my strength. He's my strength like no other. Stay encouraged, church family. He's hardening you. Be hardened. Endure hardness like a good soldier. Let us pray. Father, it's in the name of Jesus that we come. We thank you, O oh Lord, for this day. Father, we thank you for what you have said to us. We thank you for how you've ministered to us. God of heaven, Lord, we ask you right now to allow this word to become our reality, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Strengthen each and every person under the sound of my voice, O oh God. God of heaven, Lord, touch our minds, O oh God. Father, we ask you right now just to touch, oh God, the Mays family like never before, God. Give them strength, oh God. Those that are, are your children that are going to be in contact with the family, oh God. Father, let the strength of God just shine through them in the name of Jesus. God of heaven, Lord, give them the words of wisdom that they need. Words of comfort, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, oh God. And we bless your high name for who you are and what you are in our lives. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.